there was a medieval Latin uh, goblinus, you know, which hmm. is the name of a devil or demon. Right. Uh, you know, where, yeah, and then you have the cobolds, which are, you know, possibly related to goblin, which is from Greek. And there's a conventional association, but I guess this is true of many things, like even gnomes. You know, I know that gnomes is from the Greek of like gay gnomos, like, you know, they're earth ruled, so they move through the earth the way that fish move through water. Like fish would be like uh, Thalassa gnomos. But anyway, okay. so ah. there's an association between goblins and the and the earth uh, in a way like uh, the subterranean tendencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that's why the Kentucky lore is so rich, right? Because of like the mining traditions, like, a, the sort of Germanic mining yeah. traditions. Yeah. That goblins kind of spin off of out of Europe. It translates fairly easily to a place that had the world's most productive coal field for generations yeah. and generations. You guys yeah. have a bunch of like giant caves, right? Like all yeah. around there, yeah. like huge cave yeah, the, systems. The mammoth cave system is something that pops up a lot in this and it's really fascinating. Like yeah. I suppose I had heard of it before, but I didn't I knew people like went spelunking in Kentucky and stuff, but I didn't know that there is this like vast subterranean cave system that stretches across pretty much the entire state and beyond it, right? There's so it's called karst and uh-huh. it's like a limestone found uh, formation. And it's partially why bourbon is made here. It's because the all the limestone, like, I don't know, purifies the water. It, it sets it at, like, a specific pH level that makes it very uh, amenable to distilling for bourbon. And that's why wow. the industry grew up around the Kentucky River Valley. Um, so, yeah, and... and Mammoth Cave, I think, is also in a karst fa- formation. Actually, I don't know if you guys remember this. When was this, Tom? Like seven years ago, eight years ago? A massive hole opened up underneath the Corvette factory you in said, Bowling yeah, Green. In Bowling oh Green, which is just down the road from. Yeah, like a UK. hole in the. Like a, there are a lot of sinkholes, right? In yeah, the karst a lot kind of, of region. Yeah, a lot of sinkholes. Um, and so, like, the state of Kentucky. As you move from west to east, on the far western side is the Mississippi River. Um, if you ever looked at a map of Kentucky, there's a little dot at the far western side. That dot was created during an earthquake in the 1850s or so. It it was so powerful, it's called the New Madrid Fault, that it diverted the course of the Mississippi River. Um, wow. So as you move from west to east, you go into the bluegrass and the foothills area. And then when you, that's about central Kentucky. And then by the time you're in eastern Kentucky, where we're at, you've got the Cumberland Plateau. And it's it's just a massive, I don't know, like a plateau you would see out west that was carved down over millions of years into hollows. And that created coal. So I don't know, the whole state just basically goes up like that. And we're right wow. up against a big mountain called Pine Mountain. And there's one called Black Mountain. And technically, these are the tallest structures between this and, like, the Rocky Mountains. I mean, wow. um, because, uh, you know, you've got the plains and everything the in the plains, middle of the, yeah. of the country. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, so underneath a lot of that is karst. And you've got these massive caves. And there's a fuckload of caves who are in the county where we live. Um, there's, a, there's a really popular one called the Bull Hole. And the local uh, legends around here are... The story around here with that losing politicians always got thrown into the bull hole. 
So <laughs> if you are a loser, you get discarded. <laughs> <laughs> never heard from again. Never heard from again. <laughs> never heard from again. Damn. So maybe state. I guess yeah, that's where like I guess goblins would theoretically reside. If I was a goblin, I'd probably live in a cave. Probably. Yeah, but actually, like one of the you know you mentioned Bowling Green, which I think is pretty close to. Uh, sort of the the locus of like probably one of the most popular sort of goblin uh, encounters or events that have sort of led to the popular association between goblins and Kentucky, which we definitely wanted to talk about, which was the uh, the Kelly Hopkinsville uh, close encounter of 1955, which yes. even though it's famously considered to involve goblins, like they actually were perceived to come from space like not from in the caves i mean we don't maybe they didn't come from space maybe they did come from the caves but well it involves uh, a ufo basically yeah there was a <laughs> ufo involved and people definitely perceived them as being spacemen but they were uh they were quickly associated with with goblins uh immediately perhaps due to their their described appearance right um did you guys like look into this at all or i mean maybe you have some familiarity with it just through like you know having heard of it before um I, yeah. yeah, so I I looked into it a little bit. Obviously, this is the origin of like the little green men phrase. This is where that phrase I, I, I guess came from. It made it Until much more popular. It made it much more popular. But actually, yeah. you know, actually, I, I did see that in a bunch of articles about this. But I take a slight issue with that. Because okay, all right. Little <laughs> green men like maybe wasn't applied to uh, aliens per se like uh, as much. Uh, until after this happened but the idea of little green men as being for instance like goblins like that actually did pre-exist this so okay. uh was it whitley street is that who you, you said it was who popularized little green men or yeah who uh, popularized little green no men? i think i uh I, I think we actually talked about who i forget it was an earlier episode we talked about like you know one of the first people to sort of really proliferate the term little green men in the, but I forget who it was. Um, it wasn't J. Allen Hynek, was it? No. Uh, it was, I think, a fiction writer, I want to say. But anyway, I don't know no, why yeah. I thought it was Whitley Street. It might have been. I might, I, but I don't think so, because that's pretty late. Like, that's well after this. So that was, you know, that's one thing that you see a lot in articles about this. Like, that's where Little Green Men came from, because they right. definitely were little. <laughs> like, the people who saw them in this event, they called them Little Men. But they actually weren't even green. They were silver. Right, well, as, as described. Yeah. If you if you type little green in in my Google search, if you type little green men in, it brings up the little green men of the Russo-Ukrainian wars. I know. I was just thinking, like, you know, how the, I'm sorry if the trigger warning for anybody that is traumatized by us talking about little green men, uh, no, aka no. Russian aggressors, um, who the Azov Battalion calls those Russian little green men orcs. And orcs oh, were true. based on mm. goblins by Tolkien. Okay, so, right. In fact, uh, synchronicities, you know. I remember in The Hobbit, <laughs> The Hobbit, which really, Hob, we were talking about Hopkinsville, you know. An interesting fact about Hopkinsville is that Hob is like a traditional name for a goblin, like, you know, a Hob goblin, right? <laughs> Hob and Hob, Hob right. is another a name for Rob, right? Okay. And like, you know, Hob's like a nickname for Robert. And uh, Hopkins, what <laughs> Hopkins really means is like son of of hob uh this so it's right there in the name so but it, yeah it, in it, the hobbit you know uh like originally because you know he changed shit uh like originally the the sword that frodo uh bilbo or whatever had 
uh, it would like glow blue in the presence of goblins. Right. But then later on, it became that it would glow blue in the presence of orcs. Here's another some blurring going on. Here's another head fuck for you guys. All the last names of the hobbits come from the Lexington, Kentucky phone book. Wow. Because (laughs) because one of Tolkien's students at Oxford, uh, Davenport. What's the guy's name? Terrence Ryder, Appalachian Uh, guy. He's from South Carolina. Was a student of his, I guess, at Oxford. So, like, all the Proudfoot, like Proudfoot, and all those names come from the Lexington, Kentucky phone book. I didn't know that. A bit more synchronous. Well, here's here's what I was going to say. You said Hob. I'm from a town called Hobbs in New Mexico. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tom used to call me the Hobgoblin. That was my radio. That was my wow. radio moniker. The Hobbs when, Goblin. <laughs> yeah, the Hobbs Goblin. When I and my dad's name is Robert, and so I mean, whoa. there's like, <laughs> whoa, it's fucking great. Mm. Before uh, like, we're doing laps around a hellier right now. <laughs> let me sh- let me show you guys yeah. this. I found this uh, when I was putting this together. I found this from a book called. Uh, Comedy Horror Films, A Chronological History, 1914 to 2008 by Bruce G. Hallenbeck. And this is, because you know the movie Critters is based on this, right? And this was a picture. uh, Nobody can see this, but just for our own enjoyment. Maybe you can put it on the notes or something. Yeah. This is a picture from the pitch deck for Critters that appeared in that book. Yeah. (laughs) All these little silver guys. That's exactly what, that's exactly what, this is the Kelly Hoffman encounter. That's a picture of it. You know, they're silver, right? They're not green. At least that's how they were described. But I think that it actually goes to show how ingrained the idea of little green men as like these kind of hobgoblin creatures was, like even in the vernacular, uh, that they were called little green men when, as described, they weren't green. Right. Um, this is yeah. This is actually an interesting encounter because eight people saw these things ha- like you know they basically you know over the course of two nights their farmhouse in like not really in Hopkinsville it was kind of like near Kelly and Hopkinsville like but close enough that like Hopkinsville being like kind of the county seat of Christian County in Kentucky like kind of assimilated it and became like it became the Hopkinsville Goblins but like over the course of two nights they were like besieged by these like little men that they saw like peeking in their windows like trying to get in they were trying to shoot at them but they seemed to like be somehow impervious to bullets they were floating around you know it became like a whole big uh, phenomenon and they were like what everyone agreed on, like, you know, whether they believed in it or not, like, when they went to the police, like, they were scared, like, as shit. Like, they're, you know, I think that one of their, like, uh, Billy Ray uh, Taylor, I think, who was who was involved, like, his, you know, heart rate was, like, double the normal heart rate. He was so, like, fr- uh, you know, freaked out. Like, something, like, terrified these, like, this whole family of eight, you know, these really, like, two families of eight people. You know, they didn't find, like, any evidence or anything. They didn't find, like, an alien body that had, like, been shot by them or, like, any, like, footprints or anything like that. But it's weird because, like, you know, reading about it, it's the the explanation that people have, the most popular explanation now, isn't fully satisfying, even though I think it is interesting in some ways. What people will say a lot of the time now, well, there's two components of it. One, I actually came across, like, I looked, like, you know, in uh, our uh, academic library, like, for stuff on this. And one of the things that comes up, like, if you use the catalog search, is, like, this article uh, that's, like, using this case to teach kids to think critically and, like, to recognize pseudoscience. Did you see this? I saw that. Yeah, right. Uh, Like a debunker thing. Yes. And they're, like, it's so, you know, like, and one of the, they say two things. (laughs) First, the first thing they say is that the people were drunk. 
which is not true. Like yeah. that's that's a lie. Right. In fact, it was a religious household, and they did not allow any alcohol. Like and the the matriarch of the family. What was her name? I want to say it was like uh, Geraldine Sutton or something. But uh, you know, she was like very uh, Glennie Lankford. So I was completely wrong. I mean, there's a G in there. But Glennie Lankford, <laughs> age fifty. Widow yeah. of Oscar Langford. She, you know, was very like religious and austere, and she would not allow like drinking to happen in her in her house. And also, they went to the cops, and they were assessed. Like, and they came up, and they're like, "We saw a man from a flying saucer," and they're like, "Are you drunk on moonshine?" But they ruled that out pretty quickly. So somehow, like a very, uh, you know, a consensus that they were not drunk transformed over time into this sort of like honestly, like kind of like fucked up, like stereotypical thing about like. I mean, it doesn't help that two of the biggest, like, protagonists in the story are named Billy Ray and Lucky, probably, in terms of that. But, like, you know, like... They have hillbilly ca- names, for sure. Yeah, yeah. like... Lucky Sutton. Yeah, it became... <laughs> but, but it became, you know, it became, like, this thing where, like, all oh, these drunk, like, hillbillies, you know, were shooting at nothing. Well, what they were... You know, the second part of it was what they thought to be shooting at was an owl. A great yeah. horned owl. Right. Um, yeah. Because if you actually look at the like the pictures of the goblins that were drawn with the artist's impression, I do see the owl aspect to it. Like you it's know, like the they yellow do... eyes and the pointy ears, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, the tiny yeah. legs. And in fact, like someone asked, like, did their legs bend both ways? And so, and like uh, one of them was like, yeah, yeah, they did bend like backwards, you know. Which, as we know, like owl legs do do, and they had like these long arms, like you know, so. There is something owl-like about that, but, and so, and, you know, and they would jump off on the roof, and they would levitate, and they move very silently, you know, uh, but there's two things that don't quite add up about that. One, like, do these people really not know what an owl looked like? No, what an I, owl, right, yeah. Yeah, I live in like, the country, I live in the country, and I see an owl literally every day. Exactly, Almost. yes. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, it's, they're very so, common. That does they not. They did the same thing with Mothman people. Look who it's an owl. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> it's people like... in Point Pleasant really like not yeah. know what an owl was. At right. one point, someone like shot an owl and was like, "Is this Mothman?" They're like, "No, that is definitely not what I saw." Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, same. Like you know exactly. Like it doesn't quite like like an owl really terrified. Like at, someone's gonna be like like if someone like, gets freaked out by an owl. Like I get it. Like if an owl crashes into your window, at first you're gonna be like ah, and then you're gonna be like oh, it's an owl. Certainly among eight people, no matter how, like, debilitated, even if they were just drunk out of their minds, I feel like they would be able to discern it as an owl. Totally. Also, some of them were children, so were they drunk out of their minds on moonshine? Yeah. I mean, if so, then we're doubling down Well, no one does. No one was. That's like, we know no one was. Another thing, though, about this is that this all began at about 7 p.m. And I looked at it, I was like, okay, that that means a lot, because 7 p.m. in... December, it's dark as fuck. But this was 7 p.m. in August. This was still yeah. basically like late afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, like I, di- I mean, it'd so be a little bit all, early for owls to come out. Ex- anyway. That's what I was gonna say. True. A little bit early yeah. for owls to come out. I have heard them out in the daytime. Sometimes they do do that, but mm-hmm. it's a little early. And also, like you can see better in the daytime. And and this, 
I think as you pointed out, and Carl, owls' like, eyes this... wouldn't glow in the day. Right, they would only right. glow at night. Um, and, and they and they described like it wearing an armor or something. Like as yeah. you said, like a sort yeah. of silvery... metallic. It was metallic. metallic. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, so, and I mean, like again, you kind of have to almost combine like every owl to get like an owl that could reasonably like even close to fit. Because like it would have to be like all white, and like then it's like yeah, well you know if you, it's an all white owl, maybe it could see it as being silver, but then it has to have the great horn horns, you know. So it's like eh. But yeah, like I, I mean, so again, like I am sort of, I do find it interesting. Like, and I think that there is, I mean, there's something like, you know, owls are like a very uh, mystical animal, you know, like uh, they're obviously like a, you know, very uh, 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 much uh, frequently used a a symbol or uh, icon of like various secret societies, uh, you know, and things like that. So I Grove. yeah uh-huh right yeah, um yeah. and also the, the original Bavarian Illuminati and also the Masons actually I, I looked into it a little bit and it turns out that there were multiple like orders of owls that like existed like around this area you know like uh the same way you'd have like the Elks or whatever you know like uh there'd be like Freemasonic like for groups for master Masons basically right like right, uh yeah. that called themselves the owls and in fact one of them was eventually assimilated after like the order of the owls uh its founder uh a guy i think whose name was john w talbot it was something w talbot he eventually went to jail and when he went to jail he basically arranged for like on some kind of like uh immorality charge or something he did something (laughs) fucked up and he went to prison and then he arranged for like the kkk to come in and take over the owls you know like and but anyway, so like, like there is like a lot of kinda, owl shit, that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that like, I, like around that same time, like the KKK just outwardly had kind of a presence in civic life, like in the same way the Kiwanis or the Lions Club or all that kind of stuff in different places in the South. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm curious if like they just kind of got in there as owls and then just like took the mask off after a while or yeah. what the hell was. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, you, I think that's you found true something, of Freemasonry in general. It, like, yeah, sorry. What you but, but yeah, Colin, yeah. you found an interesting article on some like pro-tobacco website about <laughs> um, like the Night Riders in Kentucky well, and the that's Kentucky like another, Tobacco War. That's an interesting thing in general, I feel like, about uh, this whole, like the pattern of the, the way that like this farmhouse is being besieged by these, like, you know, spooky beings, like, you know, that have, like, these, that are all white and have, like, these big sort of triangular protrusions coming out of their heads. Like, I feel like there's certain, like, resonances there with, like, uh, not only, like, the KKK, but also, like, the broader history of Kentucky. Like, yeah, like, in the Black Patch Tobacco Wars, like, you know, there were sort of differently motivated groups that had similar tactics to like the KKK where they would like besiege farmhouses. They were, they were called like the night riders and they would wear masks often like kind of like weird hoods. I mean, it's interesting because the KKK, like what they would often do would, would be to sort of like the reason why they look like ghosts is not like, you know, uh, just because they thought that was like cool or something. Originally they would actually claim to be the ghosts of people who died fighting for the Confederacy and they would be like, we're the, we're like, you know, they would go and they would in- try to intimidate black people by saying like, I was killed, you know, like I'm out for revenge. And like, they would Holy do like, shit. The- so like Operation Wandering Soul. 1. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Damn, and they would right. do like theatrical stunts, like to, they would say like, I drink and drink and like, I can never be sated. And they would like pour a glass of water, like, you know, down their hood. 
and they would like and they would be like oh my god like how can he drink so much water without taking a breath but you'd be like pouring it into a bag underneath his costume like they would do like little tricks <laughs> a like gag. that yeah like to try to like spook oh, wow. people but that's like you know like they like slave owners would do that shit all the time to try to scare people out of running away you know they would say yeah yeah you guys heard of the, the night doctors which is another thing with the alien abduction like stuff right. like there is this myth of like the night doctors who would like if you were you know a slave running away or even like later on like you know after like in the era of reconstruction and, and after that like uh you know there was like a myth that which is not entirely a myth and definitely has like a lot of truth to it that like black people would just be abducted by these sort of figures who were like uh you know like medical students or doctors who would just come and like inject you with something and like kidnap you in the night they were right. known as like the night doctors which you know they would do experiments on you which being kidnapped in the night and being subject to experiments you know we've seen this before like uh well, or we, ain't you know with new. yeah ain't nothing new right. but but it actually relevantly to that it is true that like during the time of the kelly hopkinsville encounter and like in you know throughout the like from like the 40s through the 60s like in kentucky it was like a big hub of like one of our favorite subjects in this podcast, which is MK Ultra, like a lot of like MK Ultra mm-hmm. experiments and shit were happening at the time at the University of uh, Kentucky Lexington. You know, yeah, there's that National guy. Institute for Mental Health. Um, yeah. What was the name of that? Uh, Nim. That's a doctor. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. We Harris talked Isbell. a little bit about that with yeah. Jimmy. That we yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, some mm-hmm. of stuff. Right. And also, yeah. there another thing about this particular story about Hopkinsville and. You don't see a lot of or hear a lot of this on a lot of these other, you know, true crime podcasts or whatever that talk about this. But Hopkinsville is very close to a military base. It's mm-hmm. Fort Campbell. Fort Campbell. Yeah. 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 Um, and apparently military police came out to investigate. You know, they did. that I think is established that they did come out to investigate. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Air Force, like kind of they deny that they did. It's a weird thing where they're like, it was a hoax, but we never investigated. <laughs> <laughs> like how do you know yeah. that it was a hoax right, if you never right. investigated do you do the hoax but like no like uh <laughs> you know and and you know just to to place it like uh the other aspect of this story was that uh two of the guys saw a ufo crashing before all this began right. so mm-hmm. the origin of these so-called goblins or little green men was that ostensibly they had crash landed you right. know near this farm and then they they wandered over and started poking around and then they started shooting at them. And there was like, what this like five hour. Cause you said, what about seven o'clock they saw them. Mm-hmm. And then didn't they go to the police around like three in the morning? Uh huh. It, yeah. yeah. It was like a six or seven hour, like ordeal for them. Yeah. 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 And I think the, also the one piece of evidence, I don't know if this is actually like evidence. I think it was like, it was either in Hellier or it was the Penny Royal guy on Coast to Coast that said uh, that there was almost like a kind of liquid substance like near where maybe Lucky Sutton had shot one of the goblins that uh, was kind of reflective depending on what angle you looked at it. Like it was almost some kind of like weird like synthetic blood or something like that. Right. <laughs> I thought and, they, right. they found aluminum foil like and they were like, there's your Martian. But like, obvi- <laughs> like they couldn't mistake a piece of aluminum foil for like an alien attacking them. Like, well, maybe well, no. yeah. back but, then, yeah. back then, did they even have aluminum foil in the 50s? I mean, I'm sure they did. But yeah, maybe they, they, I think. 
Yeah, they had maybe some. it was like a seminal. Maybe that was like it some was much crazy... more cancerous. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just maybe it's like bleeding edge military technology that they had that just yeah <laughs> got out of Fort Campbell just aluminum foil. Well, well yeah, because I mean there are a few bases like that in Kentucky. Wasn't there was the one that was called uh, the Birdcage Clarksville base, which mm-hmm. has been shut uh, allegedly shut down in the seventies, but that had a lot of like top secret nuclear research and uh, the Bluegrass Army depot i think i don't know if that's the same place but <laughs> it is like, fucked up that's where they keep all the fucking like sarin gas oh yeah that's where they keep all the chemical weapons it's yeah, uh it's mm. part of the army's chemical materials activity headquartered in edgewood at the edgewood arsenal so yeah, yeah it's near ashland yeah yeah everybody there has to have these alarms in their houses that's like well, some mustard gas got out of the old depot again, everybody. <laughs> cool. um, yeah, but VX, Sarin, they got all... Right. Wow. There's also Fort Knox, where the United right. States keeps its gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My right, God. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, they got all that yeah. Yamashita's gold they stole. They knock, which I think, they, <laughs> I, think that, yeah. I think that knock is like another name for like a, a goblin, isn't it? Like a knock. Uh, a knocker, knockers. I saw that. Knockers, yeah. Knockers, mm-hmm. I saw that on the Wikipedia yeah. page for right. Goblin. Yeah. That's so uh, wild. And then, yes. and, it's and then we that, think about the LSD yeah. king himself, the person who Augustus, like went to California. Yep. Augustus yeah, Asley yeah. Stanley he the third, a proud son of Kentucky. I guess we right. could say one of the, probably one of the most socially credentialed or as the FBI would say, politically affluent people, maybe to ever come out of the state and have like such an unexpected impact on like American culture. But, right. you know, he was the like the, the LSD chemist and he just happens to come from Kentucky. I tried to look and uh, see if there's any evidence. I got another synchronicity for you. Uh, Owlsley. Uh, oh, I mean, Owlsley. Uh, the you know Owlsley County Owls. That's their mascot, the high school. You know what's funny? I just I just went to a show at the the Troubadour, that historical venue of Sus, Sus Country Rock and uh, Laurel Canyon j- Jazz. And I think there was a band from South Carolina there. The lead singer was wearing a, a tie-dye Owsley Bear for President uh, t-shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. The band's um, name was Susto. <laughs> I've never heard of them before. But wow, it's of a, I mean, it's in the here. name. Um, you know? But, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I, do, like, uh, I feel like there's something interesting with, like, people, like, calling themselves owls and, like, the interpenetration of all these, like, weird sort of, like, racial terrorist groups and or, like, you know, otherwise motivated terrorist groups that, like, would besiege farmhouses and then these owl-like creatures that people try to, like, launder as being, like, oh, just, like, mis- like you know, misidentified owls that, like, behaved, like, in the same manner, but, like, weren't quite uh, that. And then, like, yeah, and, I mean, I think the LSD component, like, this was, like, really a hub for, like, uh, or Kentucky and, like, the area was, like, a hub for MKUltra LSD experiments at the time. Like, yeah, as we mentioned, like, mm-hmm. Harris, I spell. Like, this is something where, again, I'm not, like, I feel like there's more to it, but this is almost, like, I generally feel like when people say, like, oh, you know, Mothman... That was just like, you know, an MK Ultra psychedelic experiment. Like, I feel like that's like not a well like thought out thing that like people just say to like try to make themselves feel smart. But this like, I don't know if it was LSD, but I almost wonder if like this was some kind of like because it's like a contained thing. It's over the course of like, you know, a contained period of time. I did right. uh, this. This almost like in some ways would fit that better. I'm not like uh, you're fully right. Committed that's to true. That. Yeah. yeah, but because like the thing about Mothman is that as, it was like over I the under- course of years. Yeah, over know, the like, course yeah. of year, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this was a very intense 
you know, night for several people that, you know, you're right, like seven or eight hours. That is kind of like the standard duration of like a, some sort of trip. I mean, like, it's interesting that the debunkers say that they were fucked up like on alcohol or whatever, but maybe they actually were kind of, you know, altered in some way in that they didn't know. I don't know. That's like the only they, way they that it could well, which not could have been. Have been yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, one of the people who was like uh, sort of consulted by MK Ultra as like an expert and how to like covertly poison people was uh, John Mulholland, right? The magician who wrote like the uh, CIA yeah. like guide to magic, which is one of like the few like MK Ultra manuals that you can still get in some form. And the CIA guide to trickery and deception. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's what it's uh, called. <laughs> and one of the interesting little tidbits I found, like this is in a book by uh, Hank Al- uh, Alberelli, who is like you know. He's, like, a pretty well-respected, like, conspiracy writer. He doesn't have, like, great footnotes, like, which ordinarily would be, like, eh, to me. But I think that he did a lot of freedom of information requests in, like, the 90s before, like, you know, everything was digitized. So he might have, like, his own documents that he's drawing from. I did see an article that the CIA was, like, requesting their own documents back from Hank Alberelli. <laughs> like, they were like, can we have that back? Like, what? Um, like, uh, but he writes in his book about the murder of Frank Olson, uh, A Terrible Mistake, he had yeah. an interesting tidbit that was uh, Sidney Gottlieb, who was like, you know, the pretty much point person for like all the chemistry stuff like within MK Ultra, And he was also like basically John Mulholland's handler or like his contact within MK Ultra. And he actually like asked him in 19 in 1956 and in 1957, uh, he asked him to uh, discreetly investigate events surrounding an unidentified aerial object and related phenomenon witnessed in the skies and the ground in Kentucky. So, you know, that was 1956, like a year after this huh. happened. Yeah. So, you know, it's it seems like it pertained to that. Like, he also mentioned this book that he was asked to investigate, like, a lot of, like, interesting stuff. I mean, Hopkinsville is also, like, you know, that's where Edgar Casey like, came from, you know, uh, yeah. which the CIA is, like, oh, to this day, right. they send people to, like, Edgar Casey conferences and shit. They're, like, obsessed with Edgar Casey. Yeah, um, we... Tom and yeah. I, we did an episode about it. Right, Casey. yeah. They, they tried to contact him through, like, uh, some like during the, like, 80s and 90s. I think they tried to contact him through, like... Yeah, uh, did, like some kind of seance type deal or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Remote viewing, I think. Remote viewing. You know, yeah. like, you know, oh, okay. Gravity's Rainbow, right. where they're, like, trying to... You know what I mean? like, yeah, which is so weird. Beyond that even the veil. Like, yeah, even, like, well into the 90s, they were, like, sending people to, like, Edgar Casey's Stargate conferences and being, like, this yeah. is all, like, really useful. Like, they love Edgar Casey. And they, they did, like, yeah. you know, they really feel that, like, there's something to Edgar Casey and, like, are, are, invest, are invested in him. Another thing that Mahan was asked to do was, like, to go investigate, like, the Masonic design of, like, the federal city. And, like, uh, I think also, like, the Edgar Casey Institute, I want to say. Let me see if I can find, like the relevant part like in uh this book like but uh yeah they they basically like asked him to go like investigate yeah here it is tss researchers were especially interested in the work of psychic edgar casey tss being like the technical uh services staff i think right uh according to one document in the early 1960s consultants acting covertly were employed to spend time at the association for research and enlightenment housed in casey's virginia beach virginia headquarters Related to these esoteric and occult explorations is another CIA-requested task from Mulholland. An examination and explanation of certain of the Masonic designs and architectural features incorporated into the federal city. 
Among those listed for examination were the Capitol Complex, the Zodiacs of the Library of Congress, Meridian Hill Park, and the recently installed Mellon Fountain. It was recently installed as of like 1952. The Mellon Fountain, like the Mellon family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, it was endowed by that. Another MK Ultra adjacent family. Yeah. Mellon Hitchcock. So they were into some weird stuff. I don't know. And there's like a deep Kentucky connection there. Like maybe. I mean, there is a book by uh, that guy. uh, What is his name? Mike uh, Clellan, I want to say, called like The Messengers. I feel like UFO people might know it. It's like about like the very strong association between owls and UFO stuff. And uh, he points out that like Kenneth Arnold, the guy who like coined the term flying saucer, who was like you know, probably, like, an agent and, like, a sauce lord in and of himself, which, like, a lot of uh, people speculated. Like, he had a pet owl. Um, really? But, yeah, he, like, rescued an owl, and he, like, nursed it back to health. It reminds me of, like, uh, in, uh, what was it, in Gravity's Rainbow, where is that one, like, witch character who has a trained owl that, like, attacks people? That's what I was thinking about, like, this whole time. Like, you know, did they, like, train an owl, give them LSD, and, like, you know, send it out to, like, go press against their windows, like, with its talons? Oh, my God. But other than, I mean, you know, the obvious explanation <laughs> is that it was gin, but like, uh, assuming that it wasn't gin, like, I don't know. Like, uh, no, for sure. For access to the full length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad. From the bowels of the city, lurking in the trenches, underneath the bridges, behind the park benches, stenches seeping off me. I'm good, delicious, thinking nothing like your wishes. I'm utterly vicious. Falling through the sewers, it's an intricate job. Some only a foot wide, I move like the blob. Seeping to your home every time you catch a night terror. It's cause I'm right there, sucking out your air. A priest can't do shit, but just tickle my humor. Cause I ain't from the pit, no, that's only a rumor. I'm atomically demonic, you see me and vomit. More heads than a totem pole and faster than a comet. Get it right, I'm the fucking pump in the night. The unexplainable, but for real when I bite. I feel you with fright and kill you. I might something from the other side a horrible sight I'm a god I am goblin I have a goblin What the fuck is a goon to a goat? You ain't nothing, nothing You ain't scaring out